who are some of the breakout candidates for 2020 draft, as well as who can have the best chance to succeed, who has the best situation. We're going to be looking at this for the 2020 draft, the 2021 draft, and also the 2022 draft, doing a quick recap of the last three drafts and what to expect for breakout players. Coming up next on Locked On NBA Big Board. You are a Locked On NBA Big Board, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up? My name is Richard Stamen. You might know me better as at Mavs Draft on Twitter. I'm a credentialed uh, draft analyst. I go around doing NBA draft events, uh, college basketball, high school, covering the game as a whole. Uh, and I'm joined today by Leaf Tulin, who is one of college basketball's smartest. Uh, I, I don't even know the word, but like you just you are an absolute genius when it comes to college basketball, in my opinion. But also on top of that, today we're talking about the NBA. Leaf also is one of the specialists that can cover both college basketball and the NBA at a very high level. And because of that, we're going to be talking about some breakout candidates today for the last three drafts, the 2021 NBA draft, the 2022, some rookies coming up and some third year players entering the final year before their uh, extensions are they're eligible for their extensions. So uh, before we get into that, though, I want to thank everybody who continues to listen to us. Uh, unlocked on NBA Big Board. It makes us your first listen of the day. We are very thankful. It is not the most thrilling time to be an NBA fan, given that NFL is really in full swing. So is uh, college football and MLB is going into their playoffs in just over a week. We really appreciate you listening to us and, and continuing to listen to us throughout some of the downtime of the season. But we are happy to announce that we're back five days a week on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts, all for free. So all of that being said, Leaf, it's been a little bit, but it's nice to have you back. Let's dive straight into it. Who is, let's do this by category. Uh, let's start with best chance to succeed from, and we're doing this, this entire first portion of the show will be the 2020 draft base. Who do you have as the best chance to succeed as a, and this is all breakout players. I'm not going to be, you know, talking about Anthony Edwards that's, <laughs> or Lamella Ball. Those aren't the guys we're talking about, but who do you see as the best chance to succeed in a breakout year in year three for 2020 draft yeah so if you exclude the obvious guys at the very top of that draft there's a there's a kind of a plethora of players that have a good chance to succeed and there's some that i think have better situations that i'll put in the situation category than the best chance to succeed but sometimes the best chance of success has to do with uh having a good situation and i think one guy that'll really benefit from having less of a expansive role and have more having more weapons is Sadiq Bay. I think Sadiq Bay uh, on the Pistons with obviously Cade Cunningham's the man. They they had a phenomenal draft with Jaden Ivey, Jalen Duran. They just got Bojan Bogdanovic, who you may say, oh well, he's going to take away shots from Sadiq Bay. I think he will, but I think Sadiq Bay's long run in terms of what his career will be will greatly be benefited by the presence of Bojan Bogdanovic. And I think in the short run, he'll gain experience of being a tertiary, maybe even a fourth option as a scorer. And he'll get great looks, he'll shoot the ball very well, and he'll develop down the road. So I think Sadiq Bay is where I'd lean to go with the best chance to succeed, both in the future and in the long run with his current situation. Yeah, I like that pick. I went a little bit more deep cut, I think. Um, on this one, I I had a tough time deciding between two Florida State, uh, not really online, but like uh, just former players there. Uh, and I went with Devin Vassell. I think the San Antonio Spurs – are just a team that, you know, they don't have high expectations. Greg Popovich said it on Monday. 
Uh, it, don't go to don't go and bet on this team to win the championship. Do not go to Vegas. Do not put them as your title favorite because that's just not happening. And because of that, they're focusing purely on development. This is you look at Devin Vassell. He went from five point five points per game as a rookie to 12.3 points per game in the second year I could easily see him taking a jump towards 15 points a game especially if efficiency improves from 43 percent to even 45 percent the three-point percentage has been there the whole time um I I think he's uh I think he's got a really good chance to break out and be just put in the right situation on both ends of the floor yeah, that was that was my other uh, answer. I had two, and we were we were we both told uh, ourselves we're we're going to answer with one, and we didn't plan it. So I'm kind of happy we both didn't say the same person. But just one thought to add about Vassell is I saw him at summer league a couple years ago, entering his sophomore year, and you just see that uh, in in summer league where skill is not quite as high, athleticism is pretty darn close to the NBA in a lot a large portion of the summer league games. Vassell looks like he's a different type of athlete than anyone else on that court. And he was working on playing the point guard. Obviously that's not going to be his role, but if you allow him to focus on scoring and defending, I think he, I think he can exceed 15. Like you laid out 15. I'd be surprised if he's not above 15 points. And I think rebounding and defense are going to be, they're not as exactly as quantifiable because your team has to impact that. And the Spurs defense won't be good per se, but I think he'll be a well above average defender, shoot the ball well, and then develop a bit of a repertoire as an individual score rather than a kind of a beneficiary. Yep. And so I think he'll have a really, really good year, but, and it'll set him up for the long-term future very well as well. So would he be your uh, answer for, uh, for best situation or is there someone else you have in mind? Uh, I've got, I've got one other one for best, best situation. Should I, should I go for it? Yeah, go for it. I'm, I'm interested to hear it. Okay. So best situation is Isaac Okoro. Because he is going to be asked to play defense and and he won't have to score, but he'll have to hit open corner threes. And I don't know if he'll do so extremely at a high, extremely high clip. And there's a lot of pressure on him because of the Ochai Agbaji deal. The reason they took Agbaji in the first place was to kind of expel some of that, at least in my opinion, was to expel some of that pressure off of Okoro to have a good team that they felt like, oh, we got a better shooter now. We can still play him and get that defense. But the best, the reason that's the best situation is you have two amazing guards and Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell creating. You have defensive anchors behind you, so you're not the only defender. And all you have to do is be a glue guy. And you've got a very good chance to compete with a very young nucleus. And his role is so cut and dry that I think it's the best situation because he's got a very good quartet around him. And he's the fifth wheel, but he's a very good fifth wheel. So I think he's got the best situation of non-stars in the 2020 draft. Yeah, I, I like that pick. I'm going to go with the guy who I, who was picked one pick after him. I, I like Onyeko Kongu so much, and I think we got a lot of flashes in his rookie year in the playoffs, uh, especially against like Philadelphia. He held his own against Joel Embiid. He continues to improve every year. He doubled his stats just about from first to second season. And while he is still behind Capella, it makes it a little bit awkward. I think having someone like DeJounte Murray makes him one of the best situations for a young guy. I think he's going to be one of the best backup big men in the league. And I think at some point you might even start hearing rumblings of moving on from Capella for Okongwu. That's my bold prediction for the season is that Okongwu kind of supersedes um, Capella and he becomes a thing of the past. Uh, I, I don't know if you have any thoughts on Okongwu. I know he was a guy who I had number two in 2020. I probably missed, but uh, I still think he can be an impactful player who returns a top five value just because of uh 
that impact as a rim protector and rim finisher. Yeah, I'm I'm very high on Okongo as well. I had him in, I had him in number six actually, um, and I thought I would have taken him above Okoro at five. I, I had Halliburton above both of them. Um, but one thing I'll add about Okongo is I thought that if the Hawks were to make a deal that they could sell Capella high based off his high volume that's accelerated by Trey Young's prowess at getting bigs the ball underneath the hoop and really not have much of a drop-off with Onyeka Okongo. So I'm right there with you that he's got a great situation and is is kind of in a situation to succeed. I know we said we do one. I just had one that kind of pains me to say, but, uh, but I have to point this out as Jaden McDaniels. Um, you, you know, the whole story of why that pains me, but, um, but anyway, uh, I'll, I'll say this, Jaden McDaniels has a similar situation to Okoro, but he's a better, better player at this point in his career. I think with having Gobert and, and talents, he's going to have to shoot the ball well, but he won't have as much of a defensive responsibility. I think he'll be able to score the ball in a supplementary fashion. And that's a, that's a good fit and a good situation to succeed on a team that's developing pretty rapidly. Yeah, and for those who don't know, uh, Salif is uh, in Utah. He works with the Utah Jazz radio. He really wanted J.D. McDaniels or Desmond Bain. Uh, the Utah Jazz did not go that direction. They chose Yudoka Azubuki. So it still pains him to this day. So he Why doesn't the Jazz are in a rebuild right Let's get now. to the exciting part of the 2020 draft, and this is the overall breakout candidate. Uh, I'll let you go first. I'm interested to hear who you have, and then I'll close that out, and then we'll move into 2021. Yeah, so one of them I was going to give was Okongwu, but I don't think he's got the, quite the ceiling. Vassell was another one, so you've touched on a few of my candidates here. But my favorite player in the entire draft class, Lamalo Ball was number one, but the guy had I kind of had 2A, 2B, 2C. I ended up putting him at number three, Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams, I think if he stays healthy, which is a big if at this point, has superstar potential. He's able to defend at an unbelievable level. His shot, he shot 84% as a freshman at Florida State. And he's been able to defend NBA wings at a very high level. He's going to have a team that gets him open shots. And he's got the, in, the kind of the individual intermediate game that, that you rarely see from someone at his age. And he just has to expand his shooting a little bit, which I think is far easier to do than expand your individual isolation game, which he seems to have a good wraps on. Um, I think should he stay healthy, he's primed to have a big breakout season. Yeah, he's only played uh, 88 games throughout two seasons, so 44 a year. It's not that good, but he did play 71 his first year, so that kind of is a one-sided stat. But you look at what he did in those 17 games last season, and he was really good. I don't think the nine points a game really just does justice. Uh, So he only averaged nine and four. uh, It's four rebounds, one assist, half a steal, half a block. But that was on 53% shooting with 52% from three. So the three ball has continued to be real. That was something uh, another player who the three-point percentage wasn't that good in college. I think he shot like 32% or something. But free throw percentage was in the 80s. And so far, it's translated through through a good amount of threes, specifically 167. He shot 41% from three. I don't see that number being that astronomically high over the average. I think it'll come down a little bit. But like you said, he defends. He can pass. He's a connecting piece. He can shoot and he can overall score. I think from three point and at the rim, that is probably the best pick. I went a different direction though. I went with somebody who is, and, and by the way, Patrick Williams is one of the very youngest players. He just turned 21 if, like a couple weeks ago, right? like very beginning of September, he turned 21. So like, keep it in mind, he is 
I think he might be the youngest player in the draft, not named Alexei Pokachevsky. So I have a fun fact real quickly about Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams, like you said, is extremely young. He guarded Giannis for the Bucs. He didn't shut down Giannis, but he scored while guarding Giannis for the majority of the time, scored 20 points and seven of 13 shooting in game four. And then he scored 23 on nine of 13 shooting uh, in game five. Yes, they lost both those games, but he guarded Giannis, who in my opinion is the best player in the NBA he did a decent job on Giannis and shot that efficiency. That gives an indication of star level potential. Yep. And I always preach about the, the flashes you want to see from young players. That's one. So my pick is somebody actually who hasn't had many flashes. I just, I kind of think given the situation and given how high I was on this player out of college, I think there is a real chance for him to break out and become a potential starting point guard in the league, which it would be a huge jump from what he's done in the past. And that is Kyra Lewis on new Orleans. I don't have much trust in Devonte Graham and I don't really think, and I know they want CJ McCollum to be that point guard. I don't know how necessarily successful that would be. And I don't know if he can overcome Alvarado right away. I think this is something that happens in February or, or January, but I think at the least he's going to get really good run 20 minutes a game and be a positive player. I, I really like his defense. He's always been somebody who was two years away. This is year three. It's kind of that time. The timeline's coming together. He needs to be able to shoot a little bit better than he's showing, shown. Uh, but defending and shooting and facilitating, those are three things that the point guards, they really just don't have right now on New Orleans, the consistency of all three. And he could, in theory, take a jump and do that. I, I really like Kyra Lewis personally, and I, I'm still riding the high on him. I had him as a lottery grade talent, and I think he'll live up to it this year. So I don't know if you had any thoughts on that, but if not, we can go ahead and move to 2021. Uh, but first, <clears throat> a quick word from Bet Online. So BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting and for the season and also basketball as it's coming up. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up to the minute sources, uh, excuse me, scores for every sport out there. They're the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, golf, NBA preseasons up here in a couple of days, literally two days away. Uh, BetOnline.net, it goes, go to BetOnline.net, excuse me, or use your phone to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. And we also have more information. Uh, down here, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, for Bet Online as well. So, continuing off our conversation about breakout players for each of the next couple of the last couple drafts, excuse me, we're moving on to the 2021 NBA draft, which was an absolute star studded draft. So, in the first segment, we talked about best chance to succeed, best situation, and best breakout candidate, overall breakout. Let's do it again. I'll start with uh, the best chance to succeed. I think it's uh, I think it's a, I'm going to stay with New Orleans where I left off. I love Trey Murphy's ability just to fit in. I you think can't do that I, to me. I'm the Trey Murphy guy. I, I know. I completely stole your thunder. You are Trey Murphy. Like that was my pick too. Once, once a week. Leaf came on here in December 2020 when nobody had Trey Murphy on their radar and put Trey Murphy on your radar. So he is the guy. He only averaged 5.4 points a game. Almost all of his shots were threes, and he shot 38% from three. So his field goal percentage looks a lot worse than it actually was at 39%. But being a pure off-ball player offensively with Zion coming back and Ingram being a facilitator and C.J. McCollum and, and, as I said, potentially Kyra Lewis, just so many weapons to be that spot-up shooter, and then he's also a good defender. 
I'll let you touch more on, on Trey Murphy, but I think he's just a very obvious answer on this. I'll say that was an excellent pick by you, Richard, but I expected it to Thank be you. mine. Unfortunate. <laughs> but uh, uh, anyway, uh, Trey Murphy, I think he's one of the best shooters in the NBA. Here, I'll put it this way. If he were to enter a three-point contest this year, I think he could he could go home and win that three-point contest. Obviously, he's not a shooter like Steph, but he can shoot the lights out. He'll have great looking uh, look like looks at shots here. Um, Herb Jones was a good shooter for the Pelicans last year. Herb Jones shot 7% from three as a junior at Alabama. Trey Murphy was one of the best shooters in the country uh, when he was a junior at Virginia. Anyway, long story short, and they're in the NBA now. Trey Murphy's a far better shooter than Herb Jones. He's going to be a recipient of some of those shots Herb shot. He's going to play good defense. He's up to 6'10 now. He played in the summer league and was running kind of a, a pseudo point guard. It was also playing the four on defense. And he's got versatilities. The shot quality in New Orleans is going to be unbelievable for guys like Devontae Graham or even CJ McCollum is going to snake off picks that set that are set by Zion Williamson or Jonas Valanciunas and get wide open shots for the corner threes. Um, and I really think Trey Murphy is going to have one of the best breakout seasons for like casual NBA fans that don't know much about Trey Murphy. Uh, expect 40, 40 to 45% shooting from three, maybe 10 points and extremely good efficiency. Uh, so that that would be my pick. If I were to add another one, uh, it's it's a guy who was picked very near him was Moses Moody. Uh, I think the Warriors really set up a good situation for for guys to excel once they kind of develop and find their role on an NBA franchise that's wildly successful. Moses Moody started to do that in the playoffs. You rarely see that from a young player to succeed then. But Moses Moody is very self-aware. He he knows what he needs to work on. He knows, he knows that in that role he's going to hit spot-up shots and defend at the point of the attack. I think Moses Moody is going to take on an accelerated role in Golden State this year and become a, a mainstay rotation player on one of the best teams in the NBA. So I'm assuming that's your answer for best situation, right? Yeah, those those two are kind of the answers. I was yeah. going to go with Trey I, Murphy, but... I almost went with Moody. Um, not trying to steal all your thunder here. <laughs> I, I, I like that pick, though. Moses Moody, definitely, especially because... In my opinion, the Warriors are going to, I don't want to say coast, but I do think they're going to take their foot off the gas a little bit more than they normally would uh, this year. And that's where guys like Moses Moody will come in handy. So I think that's a really good pick. And my for my player, uh, I want to emphasize, we can only choose three each and we've already overlapped one. There are so many good players where I'm like, oh, this guy, this guy, this guy. I, I want to say, I, I think I'm going to change mine. I last second to... Uh, to best breakout, I'm going to save him. But Josh Primo for best chance to succeed is my answer. Uh, we we talked about a guy who I got the nod of approval from Leaf. I approve. All right, I, I like this. I you talk about San Antonio, it's kind of a cheat code of an answer. They have no expectations to win. Josh Primo was always a guy that was almost a stash pick. G League and stash was like their entire plan, and he actually was better than they, they expected. He was good on defense, getting blocked shots. He was able to produce a little bit on offense. Wasn't really anything to write home about, but I think this year you're going to see a lot of a different story. They chose him at 12 for a reason. I, I think he works really hard, and I think that fits with Popovich. He averaged six points a game on 37% shooting this last year. Not that promising, but also it's whatever. Like He was so raw in 50 games. Even to get him playing 50 games was a win, I think. So for me, I think getting Josh Primo so many touches to be that lead guard potentially next to Trey Jones as well. They have a hole in the backcourt without DeJounte Murray, and they really didn't even replace him. They just got a bunch of picks. Josh Primo seems like the likely next man up. So Yeah, 
I really like that pick. I think Primo was a guy that could have gone in the top 10 this past year's draft had he gone yep. back to Alabama instead got NBA experience and now will produce as one of like the rookie of the year favorites, but he's a sophomore. Exactly. Exactly. And it's a weaker class this year too. So who's your best overall breakout candidate for the 2021 NBA draft? I think, I think I'd go with Franz Wagner in this, not in the sense that he wasn't good to begin with. I just think he's going to have an accelerated role. I saw him at Eurobasket and was really impressed with what he did. Um, I don't know how much more in terms of the statistics he's going to, he's going to average, but I think his basketball will be improved and the magic will be improved. And that, and he plays very, he's a guy who's very conducive to winning basketball. Like at Michigan, I remember having this argument with one of my friends. So if you're listening, just, just remember I, I won this argument. Anish. Uh, anyway, we, we were, we were talking about who's the most valuable player to Michigan. I said, Franz Wagner, without a doubt, he was saying it was Hunter Dickinson or Isaiah livers. And I was like, well, if you take Franz Wagner off this team, they, they can't win. If you take livers out, they'll still make the elite eight. And they made the elite eight long story short is now they have Paolo Bancaro, who's now going to be the focal point of the offense. Markel Fultz is still there. Cole Anthony's still there. So the scoring numbers, I'm not sure what he gets to, but he's going to play basketball. It's conducive to winning. And that's what the magic want to do. And now they have the nucleus that can support it. And Wendell Carter jr. Is the same way. So I don't know if those two players are going to score at the same level that you'd say, wow, what a breakout. But I think in terms of basketball quality, he's gotten a lot better. And just a quick shout out, not not trying to, to give an extra and, and an excuse. I think a guy like Josh Christopher on a bad team um, could really improve his his scoring prospects. Uh, I think you saw in the summer league he did that. I think he'll be inefficient, but he'll score a lot more than he did and have a lot more playing time. And then there's I'll, I'll let you go. But there's there's a plenty of guys at the tail end of the draft that are scoring oriented. Yep that'll end up having larger roles on their teams. And I think they'll succeed. Obviously bones Highland already did. I think Quentin Grimes has all this hype in New York, but, um, but those are kind of my, my actual answer is Franz Wagner. Yeah. And I like the Franz Wagner pick as magic, uh, you know, growing up a magic fan and everything. So always, always happy to see that. Um, you know, I, I think we had to say Quentin Grimes, his name, because I think he's a prime candidate. Love the Josh Christopher pick. I was deciding between two guys. So reading it, and I, I keep Josh Christopher's name relevant, but first the guy who I thought of was JT Thor. He kind of fit in the best situation to, to succeed given that Charlotte's kind of got holes up front to say the least. They have Mason Plumley, Mark Williams, no idea really what could be next on the power forward slot. Him and Jalen McDaniels could be competing for the combo forward slot. And that's a big opportunity. And I think JT Thor is really good and really raw being a shooting defending big man. Uh, but my bigger pick is actually somebody else on Houston. Uh, I, I think you got the team right. My guy personally is Alperin Shengun. I think you look at, he was already really good as a rookie, and I think he's going to be not only just skill-wise a lot better, but also the team around him is better. I think you're going to see an, a significant improvement from 25% from three, 10 points a game, and he'll probably cross 50% if that's the case. But also he has Jabari Smith next to him, making his defensive life a lot easier, a lot less role on defense with, you know, not having to worry about being played off the floor kind of stuff. I think you're looking at 15 plus points a game. I think he's going to be in the, you know, you don't really hear second year players win most improved. He'll still get votes every, almost every year. It feels like it happens that second year guys are in the mix. I think he's this year's version. So I really like Alperin Shingun. And that's kind of a teaser for best situation and everything for 2022. Houston has a lot of young talent. We'll talk about that in just a moment. 
So for 2022, wrapping this up, we're going to talk about, again, just best chance to succeed, best situation, and the player we see taking a big jump. These are kind of more for sleepers. We're not going to pick uh, necessarily like Paolo Boncaro for the biggest player to, to take a jump. You can, but might get shamed for it. So let's go to 2022. Let's do it. So best chance to succeed. Leaf, I'll let you start off. Uh, this, this is an interesting question because there's players that are in very, very different situations that were picked in similar places in the draft. Um, what I mean by that is that guys at the bottom of the draft or at the top of the draft on the bottom teams, some of them are coming in, like you said, Paolo Bancara to be the man, but his team's got some good players already there. Some of them like Jabari Smith uh, has the score in, in on his team already in, uh, in green, but I'll go with the best situation to succeed is Keegan Murray. I think I think he'll have the best situation to succeed because he won't be the lead scorer. There's going to be two established guys. He's got Kevin Herter, Malik Monk, and what he'll have to do is be steady. And he he that's what he is. He's steady Eddie. He's going to produce. It's not going to be flashy, but he'll produce. He'll rebound. He'll hit some open shots. I really do buy his jump shot after watching summer league. I was a little lower on the replication of NBA threes and how he'd get it off because he his shot's not a rapid release by any means. But he yeah, I was very impressed by him in summer league. Uh, arguably the very best player in the entire summer league. And uh, he, he really impressed me in that regard. And I think the Kings, I don't think they're going to be good by any means, but what I do think is that he'll have opportunities to score the ball and defend and be a valuable winning contributing player very early on. I think some of the other players aren't going to be winning contributing players. They'll be contributing but with a lot of empty stats. And I think he's got a, a more straightforward way to be a productive member of his team. Yeah, I like that pick. Uh, I'll kind of stick with the top 10 for this one. Also, not a lot of people are giving this team credit, and I really probably am not either, but you never know with their coach. But Indiana is a, an interesting situation. They're not, they're not trying to rebuild. They might be because of their situation, but they have talent to probably compete towards the play-in. I'm not going to say in the play-in, but they are enough to like kind of like Sacramento last year, but they're in the mix. But will they actually get there? Who knows? And because of that, I say Benedict Matherin. I think you look at how Rick Carlisle has traditionally used off-ball players, especially on the wings. Generally, they produce pretty well, and they're really efficient per minute. So in terms of succeeding, I think you look at individual success. His numbers will be really nice per, on a per-minute basis, and he has a chance to help win basketball games right away. So that's my pick. Who's yours for best situation? I liked that pick. That was a good, that was a good one. Um, best situation, I'm going with Tari Eason. I, I love Tari Easton. Yep. I, I was really high on him. I think all he's got to do is try hard, and you know that to give him with Tari. He's going to produce points, rebounds, assists, steals by being that frenetic ball of energy that he is. And you saw it in the summer league that he turned that energy and passion into hustle stats, which are very valuable. And he also found a way to score fairly efficiently at the summer league level. I'm not saying he'll be an elite scorer in the NBA by any means, but he'll find a way to do so and he'll do it from right away. Um, he'll also have the compliment of a guy like Alperin Shangun, like you mentioned, who's a phenomenal passer. Can you imagine Tari Eason cutting on the baseline with Alperin Shangun at the top? I, I can. I think that'll happen. I think Jabari's spacing also makes Tari's just absolute sheer determined will to get to the rim easier as well. Yep. And I, I, I have a hard time seeing him not succeed in, in that and any team, but especially on Houston. 
Yeah, I, I agree. That was actually going to be my pick. So I'll go with somebody else. Uh, I really also like Jalen Duren's fit in, in Detroit. I know this is a team that uh, they wanted somebody up in the front court if they were able to, uh, to draft in the top three. They didn't get Jabari Smith. I know that's who they wanted a lot, but they instead got Jalen Duren, somebody who they probably would have taken at five if they'd, or uh, yeah, five uh, or six, excuse me. They got, they got number five with Jaden Ivey. If they'd fallen one pick back and not been able to get Jaden Ivey, I can't help but think that this was their guy. So I really think Jalen Duren is going to be a great fit there. He's really their only capable rim protector. I would say Isaiah Stewart's not it. So uh, I really like that personally. And I think he's going to be in a really good situation with Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey being a consistent pick and roll threat. He doesn't even have to worry about anything else offensively, especially year one. I think that's going to be the uh, best situation. So let's change it up for the finale of this, though, <clears throat> because we can't really do a breakout player because they haven't played any games and we'd be talking about like Paolo Bunkero or something. Instead, let's change it up. Let's do something. Let's challenge ourselves here. Best second rounder. You can do this however you please, whether you want to do it for this year or long-term. I'm going to personally do long-term, but curious who you think has the best chance to be the best second round pick from the 2022 NBA draft. And I give you two, because it was just that this was, this was not a pre-recorded decision. So I, I haven't thought about, it well, can I give you two? Let's hear it. Okay. Okay. So I will go with, I really, I really think we're going to agree on one of these, and that's Kendall Brown. I think he shouldn't have fallen to 48, and he's on a team in Indiana that needed wings, that he's going to be a contributor right away. I think he'll find his way onto an NBA roster for a long time, not just, oh, he made his initial team and he's going to contribute because they're bad. He's going to be a good, and he's a winning basketball player. He's going to defend. He's going to figure out how to shoot in the NBA relying on corner threes. I compared him to Isaac Okora, who I used earlier in this uh, uh, situation. I said he's got the best situation because his team's really good, and all he has to do is hit corner threes and defend. Well, I think Kendall Brown's a bigger version of Isaac Okora, went 43 spots lower in the draft and uh, has a more ready-to-contribute uh, attributes with for the team he's on uh, Okoro came in and was on a terrible team and he had to be an offensive threat that's not what Kendall Brown has to be on uh, be on this team but he can still be a con contributor right away and one other guy that I think uh, right away I'm answering right away I'm not down the road because I think down the road it's a guy that I had in my top 10 and we vehemently disagree about and that's Jaden Hardy but uh, Jabari Parker uh, not Jabari Parker uh, Jabari Walker was someone that I had very close to the first round he was picked Late, late in the second round, he went 57th to the Blazers. I think he's going to be one of the better defensive players on the Blazers team that's going to try to make a push. And I think a guy like Damian Lillard makes a lot of players around him better. I think Jabari Walker is a guy that's primed to be significantly, significantly better than where he was drafted. Yeah, and he had a killer summer league. I really like both those picks. I'm going to stick with my highest ranked second round player. Um, I'm going to say, and, and really, I'll, I'll kind of just put like uh, – what's the word hedge my bet a little bit here, but I'll go anybody from golden state. I really liked Ryan Rollins. I had a first round grade on him. I think he was a steal of a pick as well. Really like the Kendall Brown one too. Can't, you know, he was somebody who I also had in consideration. Then also the, the warriors drafted and stashed uh, Gui Santos. We saw him do really well in the summer league. I really liked his game as a, as a wing, uh, just a modern wing is how I see him creation. I don't know how much the defense is there, but just all around offense as a wing, I think it's really important. I think he's got a nice, not going to say, you know, more than maybe a starter, but like 
there is upside for him to be a real rotation threat. And when you're picking in the fifties and you get that, that's a huge win. And I think same thing for Ryan Rollins. I, I just, I really like both of their games and I'm really surprised both of them fell that far. So I really like both of those, but that has been our 2022, 2021 and 2020 NBA draft recap while also like looking at the future uh, in a way predicting some of the best breakout players who has good chance to succeed could also almost go into like your fantasy lineup and saying, Hey, I'm trying to find a late round pick. I think any of these guys are looking at really good candidates, you know, depends on how much you trust us to be right. Hopefully you trust us a lot. Uh, I think these are some really good candidates that could pop up like on waiver wires, things like that. But if you're not doing it for fantasy, you know, hopefully you give us the receipts if we do well and roast me or you don't have to roast sleep, but roast me. If I have a terrible take, like if Kyrie, I'll take a roast too. Like play this back. I don't care. Roast me. I'm fine with it. But want to thank everybody for making locked on NBA big board. The first listen of your day kind of teased it, but if you're looking for fantasy basketball insight, locked on fantasy basketball should be your second listen. My guy, Josh Lloyd hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. And it's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Go listen to that next. Thank you again so much for listening and have a wonderful rest of your day.